Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, we put a bow on Monday Night Football's victory over the Green Bay Packers. We'll tell you who shined the most, and we'll talk about the strength of the current Raiders team. That plus a whole lot more comes up on Wednesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, October 11th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. Welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available. Of course, as always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, we definitely appreciate you in a major way. We appreciate my man Ari. He does a great job each and every day getting us up on YouTube, making sure we're looking good, we're sounding good, we're doing what we're supposed to do, and he's doing what he's supposed to do. So shout him out. You can check him out on Twitter. At Ari Produces. You can always hit me up on Twitter as well at your boy Q254. And we got the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line at 707 654 4693. We'll get back to your calls and texts. Haven't had them in a couple days, but we will have them on today's show coming up in segment number three. Segment number two, we'll take a look at the strength of this Raiders team. And it may surprise you about what we talk about here in segment number one, news and notes of the day, as we always do. Before we get into that, though, I do want you to know that today's show is being brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. I'll tell you more about them later on in the show, but let's go ahead and kind of put a bow on the Raiders' victory on Monday Night Football since it was Monday Night Football. It's already a little bit later on in the week. It's Wednesday. Already starting to turn the page to the upcoming game, which is the New England Patriots. So that means tomorrow we'll have the, the crossover edition. Mike DeBate will join the show to talk all things Patriots and Raiders. Again, it's already coming up on Thursday. So uh, it'll be here sooner rather than later. So we got to get to it pretty quick. So let's put a bow on uh, all things Monday Night Football. Wanted to let you know about the guys that were graded the highest according to Pro Football Focus. I tell you all the time, Pro Football Focus is not the end-all, be-all, but I still respect what they have to say and like to go ahead and pass along the you know the information and the grading system that they have for the Silver and Black. So the highest-graded Raiders playing against the Packers on Monday night, Robert Spillane, shouldn't be a big surprise. He was a guy I gave a game ball to, 87.6 rating. Of course, he had two interceptions on the day, had nine tackles. He was all over the field doing a hell of a job. Tyler Hall, a guy that I talked about a lot during the offseason, a guy that I talked a lot about being a slot uh, corner, and he was going to push some guys with jobs. He ended up being on the Raiders practice squad. He was called up uh, before the game, and he had to step into action because Nate Hobbs was out, because Ja'Korian Bennett was out. And all he did is have an 85.5 rating, according to Pro Football Focus. So a really good job from Tyler Hall, who every time he's had a chance to be out there, that's all he's done is play at a very high level, so you got to give Tyler Hall a lot of credit. Along the offensive line, Dylan Parham with a 78.0 rating, according to Pro Football Focus, the left guard, and it's a position that I kind of look at, and I really look at that whole offensive line and say, how can this improve? And I think ultimately Dylan Parham will be the center, but for right now he's the left guard. He's played all three interior positions along the Raiders' offensive line. I feel like he's taken a slight step back from what he did his rookie year, but still a 78.0 grading. For pro football focus, not too bad. How about linebacker Divine Diablo, 76.8. So Robert Spillane, 87.6. Divine Diablo, 76.8. Not too bad. Him and, and Spillane are really all over the field trying to slow down the run and 
for the majority of the night, I thought they did a pretty good job. There was times early on when the Packers had some success running the ball, and there was a couple runs that they had later where A.J. Dillon was able to get loose. But for the most part, I felt like Devon Diablo played really well alongside Robert Spillane. And then, of course, Mad Max Crosby, 75.6 grading. Uh, he had a sack on the day. He had multiple pressures on the day. He was all over the field. You know he's going to give his maximum effort all the time. He lives up to his name, Max with two X's. <laughs> he gives that every time. So Robert Spillane, 87.6. Tyler Hall, 85.5. Dylan Parham, 78.0. Divine Diablo, 76.8. Max Crosby, 75.6. And the minimum was 25 snaps that these guys had to play to be able to be rated by uh, Pro Football Focus, according to the game. Monday night, the Raiders 17-13 victory over the Green Bay Packers. I want to stick with the Raiders' defense real quick. I always love hearing from Brian Baldinger what he's got to say, and he did some of his Baldies breakdowns, talked about Max Crosby, talked about Josh Jacobs. I really particularly enjoyed when he talked about the Raiders' defense in particular. So here's Baldies' breakdowns. Here's Brian Baldinger giving a breakdown of the Raiders' defense, which was very much needed on uh, on Monday night to get the victory over the Green Bay Packers. The Raiders needed their best defensive effort of the season to get the win of Monday Night Football. And they got it from a lot of different contributors, like Marcus Peters right here. Perfect coverage on Tristan Watson, and Spillane comes up with his second interception of the night. This kid up here, Amik Robertson, what a night he had. Like, all that guy does is compete. He's running stride for stride with Tristan Watson. He's supposed to be able to run right by anybody from the Raiders. They couldn't do it against Amik last night. And then you get this play right here. Like, this is third and fourth to four. Like, the Raiders, if they get the ball to Romeo Dobbs right there, like, they're going to score a touchdown, hold him to a field goal. But he gets them out of bounds. Exactly what you should do. The hat comes out. He's got no place to go with the ball. Then this divine Diablo and Spillane, they were everywhere. And they played fast, just like this. They shut down the run game last night. Diablo was everywhere. Robertson was everywhere. Spillane, that was a good, good-looking effort. And then this interception to finish the game. Final minute, Amik Robertson right here on Christian Watson. Like, he baits him to throw it. And then this kid been doing this since the day he was at Louisiana Tech, taking the ball away. Like, Jordan Love is going to his big X right here, and he flips it. And Robertson gets himself in position. He gives up about six inches right here. But the hang time, the positioning, the play at the end, to seal the win, great day for me. Great day for Marcus Epps, the secondary, Spillane. That's a great team win for the Raiders. So I played that right there just because uh, we just went over the pro football focus grades, and I wanted to go ahead and show that love to the defense and show the love to the guys that were graded high on the defense, like a Robert Spillane, like a Tyler Hall, like a Divine Diablo, and like a Max Crosby. Please believe we'll talk more about the Raiders defense coming up in segment number two, but that was just a little bit of pro football focus love I wanted to give them here in segment number one. Also wanted to update you on the Raiders practice squad. They signed cornerback Cornell Armstrong to the squad. Uh, he signed with the Raiders practice squad on Tuesday per his agent. He's 28 years old. He was cut from the Falcons. He, he was on injury reserve early in September, and after agreeing to an injury settlement, he has uh, settled on and moved on from his hamstring injury. He appeared in nine games. For uh, Atlanta last season, he had four starts. He had 33 tackles and seven pass deflections. Uh, so Cornell Armstrong, cornerback, is now a member of the Raiders practice squad. And in a corresponding move, they released cornerback Rajon Wright and wide receiver Marquez Callaway from the practice squad. So uh, Rajon Wright is the guy that I was talking about last week from Last Chance U in Oregon State, a real long, lanky, uh, you know, cornerback. 
thought maybe he's going to get a little bit of a chance to hang around. No, they wasn't there very long, and they moved on from him. And that's how the practice squad is, man. You can sign to a practice squad, then, you know, they find another player that they want, and they'll release you and bring that player in. So Rajon Wright and wide receiver Marquez Callaway out, and uh, Carnell Armstrong is now part of the Raiders practice squad. Uh, also, want you to hear, go back inside the Raiders locker room again uh, on Monday Night Football following the game. We talked to a lot of players in the locker room. Trayvon Merrick, I had one-on-one with. Marcus Peters was a group setting. Devontae Adams was a group. Josh Jacobs was a group. Jacoby Myers was a group. Tyree Wilson, Bilal Nichols, Andre J- James. You heard from Amik Robertson. You heard from Robert Spillane. You already heard from Max Crosby. want you to hear from Josh Jacobs. It's always great to hear from him, right? So uh, here's Josh Jacobs in the Raiders locker room again. Is a little bit of a scrum. You know, about four or five of us different media members but really good stuff from uh, running back one and Josh Jacobs in the Raiders locker room. Josh, you guys have been talking about complimentary football. The goal line stand, you keep it to a field goal, and you guys respond with a 75 yard touchdown. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Oh, yeah, definitely, games? man. I mean, you see the defense, man. They they, they played their ass off today. Uh, you know, any day any day you get three turnovers, you know, it's, it's a recipe for winning, man. So shout out to them. Do you feel that you found a rhythm in the run game at some stretches today? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I touched it enough. I touched it enough to get a rhythm, you know what I'm saying? So it was a fun game, man. Hopefully we can stack on it. Josh, how big can a win like that be? I mean, it's always good to win, you know, uh, however you get it. I mean, wins always feel better. Um, I mean, from a morale standpoint, I mean, I feel like the guys feel like, you know, you get a little confidence. You try to stack it each week. You come to work uh, and work even harder. So. It's always good to get a win. What's did the Marshall you? and Sitz have you before? Nah, man. I mean, I talk to, I talk to Marshawn all the time. I mean, me, I, I go to his house and, and, and things like that. Um, but, man, we were just talking about, you know, coming out and, and, and having a day, really. You know, uh, getting it going and, uh, you know, being a spark today. So that's what he kind of uh, influenced me about to this, to this uh, before the game. You mentioned, you know, coming into the game, you, you had you know, the rhythm, you were able to get enough. Was that the game plan or was that how the kind of situation of the game unfolded? I think this is how the game, you know, unfolded, man. I, uh, you know, we we came we came out, man, we were in the ball. Uh, we felt like we could do that uh, coming in this week. And, uh, you know, even the runs that we had, they was tough runs, bro. We, we always felt like, you know, we had the better at the runs, even when it was – three-yard runs, two-yard runs. It just felt like, you know, a win. So we definitely uh, need a stack on that. Yeah, so. you feel like you could wear teams out like that? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I, I feel like their team was a little tired even going into the halftime. You know, we had that long drive. You can kind of see them kind of like wearing down. So I was like, yeah, run the ball. So it was fun. You talk about what a win can do. I mean, did you guys need this? Like a kind of just validate the hard work you're doing, that kind of thing? I mean, I felt like we needed it. Uh, you know, I don't know if we actually needed it or not, but I felt like we needed it. I feel like we would need everyone. <laughs> you feel me? But, man, I mean, it's, it's always good to get them, man. So. How pumped up were you when you saw the defense out there playing the way they were? You mentioned they played their ass off today. Yeah, man, I felt good. Like, at the end of the game, I was like, yeah, we're going to get a stop. I didn't know how it was going to be. I didn't know if Max was going to get, you know, the sack or, or, or where it was going to be. But I felt confident in them closing the game. What did you think when you saw Meek go up and make that play? I mean, I'm proud of him, man. I mean, that dude right there, man, I mean, he, you know, he's had a lot of ups and downs in his, in his career. But he come in and he work his ass off, man. He's he's definitely a locker room guy, man. Everybody love him, just love the way he go about his business. So, just 
to be able to see him like you know reap the benefit of, of his hard work is, is definitely been huge to me. Another guy that uh, obviously stood out defensively tonight is Robert Spillane. What, what's it been like getting to know him? What stood out? About oh yeah, man, we, we we was talking about him on the sideline. I said, well, he looked like he was cerebral today. That boy was locked. <laughs> that boy was locked in. He was everywhere. You know, he was making the plays when when they needed to be made, and he was saving us from a lot of things too. So man, shout out to him. Yeah. Yep, Did you give Jermaine any any mess about uh, Alabama winning the second half of that game? Oh yeah, come on, man. <laughs> I don't even know why he uh, decided to do that, man. He should have knew better. <laughs> so there you go. Josh Jacobs in the Raiders locker room, one of the many guys that we had an opportunity to talk to and wanted to make sure you heard from him before we completely turn the page and start looking ahead to the New England Patriots, which we'll do with the crossover edition with Mike DeBate, host of the Locked On Patriots show. Uh, we'll do that starting tomorrow. Uh, also, uh, head coach Josh McDaniels will be meeting with the media today around 1040 this morning. I won't be in attendance. I have a meeting at 11 o'clock that I can't miss out on, so I just won't be able to be there but uh, he will talk and with everything being pushed back a day he talked on Tuesday and now he's talking on Wednesday he'll probably talk again on Friday so I'll catch up with him on Friday also Jimmy Garoppolo and wide receiver Devontae Adams will be available uh, after practice around 1210 well actually 1210 to 1255 uh, is when they'll have some uh, some locker room action and in that period is when Jimmy Garoppolo and Devontae Adams will be at the podium also defensive coordinator Patrick Graham and offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi also be available at the podium so a lot going on as it's a short week for the silver and black and they're preparing for the New England Patriots but that's all I got for you for seven number one of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast kind of getting you caught up on all the news and notes which you need to know with the Raiders as they head into week six of the NFL season coming up in segment number two want to talk about the strength, what I believe the strength of the Raiders team is. We'll do it after I tell you about our partners at eBay Motors, the fact that they've teamed up with Locked On Fantasy football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. It doesn't matter if you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire. Every week, we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Vinny's picked out for us this week, eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week and he always gives us multiple players this week Matt Stafford Baker Mayfield and Trevor Lawrence let's let's hear what he has to say about Trevor Lawrence who picked up a victory on uh, on Sunday overseas two weeks in a row the Jaguars were there they beat the Bills I didn't think that that was right that the NFL did that but hey what do I know but what does Vinny Iyer have to say about Trevor Lawrence he said Lawrence has been a slow starter in fantasy as a Jaguars quarterback have throwing on for only multiple touchdowns once in the first five weeks That came in week one against the Colts, who are the opponents at home in week six. Lawrence got revved up during two games in London and should see everything come together in the passing game. Calvin Ridley, Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk can push Lawrence to his best statistical game of 2023, also padded by a wrap-up in his rushing yardage. Vinny Iyer from Lockdown Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship, and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your car needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So there you go right there. eBay Guaranteed Fit. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to give some emphasis and some focus on the Raiders' strength of their team right now. And I did not think following week five I'd be saying this, but I am. It's the defense. 
<laughs> There's no doubt about it. You heard what Brian Baldinger had to say in segment number one about the Raiders' defense, what they did to get that needed victory on Monday Night Football against the Green Bay Packers. But right now, Patrick Graham, and I know that he gets a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of uh, bad mouthing. You know, I've talked bad about him myself, right? Like, okay, Patrick Graham's got to figure this thing out. He's had a lot of Raider Nation upset at him. A lot of folks saying Patrick Graham's not a very good defensive coordinator. But right now, he's got that Raiders defense humming. He's got them playing at a high level. Now, is it where it needs to be? No. Can it get better? Absolutely. Does it need to get better? Sure. Right? I mean, all that is true. But it also could be true that right now the defense is the strength of the team, and that's unfortunate. When you look at the weapons that the Raiders have offensively, that should be, no doubt about it, the strength of the team, not to mention their head coach is an offensive guru. And I say this if you're watching on YouTube in air quotes because that's what we're told. And that's what I've said. He's going to push all the right buttons because he knows his offense. He's really great at that. I've said that. Those are my words, right? And so, obviously, so far this season, it has not come to fruition as the Raiders' offense is only averaging 15.8 points per game. 17 points, 10 points, 17 points, 18 points, 17 points. That's not, you know what I mean? Like, that's not going to cut, cut it. They've got to find a way, as I've mentioned many times, to get over 20 points. They are struggling to score points, and that's a problem. So, when I look at the Raiders' defense, they've been in every game outside of the Buffalo Bills game. Week one, their defense was a major reason why they won, in my opinion. Uh, week three, against the Steelers at home, uh, they had an opportunity to win that game, and the defense is what kept them in it. They obviously didn't win that game, but they had an opportunity. The defense made enough plays to let them hang around and have an opportunity to win it. Now, Coach McDaniels, in my opinion, didn't do the right things. Uh, he, he kicked a field goal and got down five and was hoping that he was going to get the ball back and, and just didn't, to me, make a whole lot of sense. But I'm not the coach, so okay, that's what he did. That was on the offense. The defense made enough plays to keep him in it. Week four against the Chargers, they pitched a shutout in the second half. Now, they gave up 24 points in the first half, but that was also aided because they had multiple turnovers and set the Chargers up with short fields. But he had, the defense held Justin Herbert to under 200 yards passing. That's a hell of a thing. So you got to give him a lot of credit for that. And then week five. You know, the Raiders' defense is what was the strength of the team as they beat the Green Bay Packers 17-13 to and only allowed three points in the first half and 10 in the third quarter. And that was it, right? So the Raiders' defense is doing really well. As a matter of fact, they're only allowing 22.8 points per game. That's all they're allowing right now. And if you take out the Buffalo Bills game, which I know you can't, right, before you send a text or a tweet or a call in and say, you can't do that, you can't make the, the numbers look the way you want it, I get it. But if that game wasn't there, just for S's and giggles, they would only allow 19 points a game if that 38-point performance by the Buffalo Bills was not there. Again, you can't do that, so we won't. They're averaging, they're giving up 22.8 points. And I'll say this, I mean, their, their turnovers that they've created, they've put the defense in really bad positions as well. Think about that. They've turned the ball over 11 times this season. So if they're not turning the ball over in a frantic pace like they are, then the defense is probably playing even better. But when you compare it, when you think about where they're at, again, 22.8 points per game. Remember that number. What have we always said about what the Raiders need to be able to win games? No one's ever said they need to have the number one defense in the league. No one's ever said they need to have a top five defense in the league. All we've ever said is just give us middle of the pack defense. If they could be middle of the pack, just be middle of the pack. Just, you know, be 15th or 16th. If you can be that, oh, they'll win a lot of games because they have, they have enough offense to get it done. Well, obviously this year the offense is not there. But think about this. The best defense in the league right now is the San Francisco 49ers. They're only giving up 13.6 points per game. And I know, I mean, I could look at it and say yards per game, this, that, and the other. I care about points. 
points are what matter, right? You need to have more points than the other team. So the 49ers are only giving up 13.6 points per game. The worst team in the league is the Denver Broncos who are giving up 36.2 points per game. Go back to the Raiders' first game of the season against Denver. They scored 17 points. Another conversation. But that's how big the gap is. 13.6 is San Francisco at number one. The worst team in the league giving up points is the Broncos at 36.2. So where do the Raiders fall on that? Again, 22.8. So only the 49ers at 13.6, New Orleans at 15.2 points, Buffalo and KC are averaging 16 points per game they're giving up. The Cowboys, 16.6. The Buccaneers, 17. The Titans, 18.6. The Falcons at 19.2. Houston at 20 points per game. Jacksonville, 20.4. The Eagles, 20.8. The Jets, 21. The Rams, 21.6. The Steelers, 22. The Raiders, Bengals, and Seahawks are all at 22.8. So if you add up all those, what do we say that the Raiders need to have defensively to be a really good team? A middle-of-the-pack defense. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. So they're right there. Middle of the pack, right? 15, 16, 17 is the Raiders, Bengals, Seahawks all knotted up at 22.8 points per game. They're giving up. They are literally middle of the pack defense right now, and they have plenty of room to improve. They don't have a sidekick across from Max Crosby. Malcolm Kuntz has done a good job, right? He hasn't got home and and got sacks like you'd like to see him get. But he's been doing his best he can. Max Crosby gave him a lot of props in the Raiders locker room. He had a good offseason, good training camp, good preseason. You know, he's starting to come around the corner. I mean, this could be his time to really shine and take advantage. Tyree Wilson, we know he's still working his way into shape. He's looking better, but he's still not a a good compliment to Max Crosby. And the pressure that they're getting up the middle is not enough right now. As a matter of fact, on my radio show, On Tuesday, I asked Lincoln Kennedy, can this defense, is it sustainable? What we're seeing right now, can they sustain this? And he said no. And the reason why he said no was because he said the pressure up the middle is not there. The defensive tackle play is not there. They've got to do a better job with the D tackles. They've got to be able to do uh, some damage from the middle of the defensive line. That's going to make Max's job that much easier. That'll make Tyree's job that much easier. That'll make Malcolm Kuntz's job that much easier. Whoever's trying to get after the quarterback, their job will be that much easier if they can get interior pressure. So he said it's not sustainable. But, you know, you want to try to take advantage of what the opportunity that you have coming up. I mean, you got New Orleans this week. Uh, Not New Orleans, excuse me, New England. You got New England this week. That's an opportunity, right? They haven't scored a touchdown in their last 34 offensive uh, possessions. 34 offensive possessions, the Patriots have not scored a touchdown. Now, when I said that, and, and I got that stat when I was on ESPN Radio's game night on uh, on Tuesday, on, uh, yeah, no, Wednesday night. Well, no, Tuesday night. What night? Man, I'm telling you, this Monday night football thing has thrown me off. Uh, Tuesday night, I was on game night. And so when I saw that stat, I said on the air, I was like, no. And my, my guy, Emmett Golden, was just laughing. He's like, why are you saying that? I was like, because New England's headed to town, right? They haven't scored a touchdown in forever. So they're going to be the ones that, okay, hey, uh, the Raiders' defense ain't that good. Uh, We can go out there and all of a sudden try to get right. Like, I know that's how they're looking at the Raiders. Not that the Raiders should be a get-right team, and especially with the defense playing the way they are, they should feel very comfortable going up against the Patriots. They should feel like that they can make some plays. And if they can, even better, right? The, The defense has an opportunity to continue to build themselves and grow and get even better and better and better. Get the corners back. Hopefully, Ja'Cory Bennett is healthy. Uh, if not, hopefully Amik Robertson is still out there doing his thing, Tyler Hall. And even if Ja'Cory Bennett is healthy, 
I would have no problem with Amik Robertson being out there. He's, uh, again, a hell of a player and finds his way around the ball. Trayvon Merrick, I believe, is playing better. Marcus Epps, he's playing good. Now, he had a miscommunication with Amik Robertson on that one big, long play that the Packers had that Christian Watson got behind everybody and, and Marcus uh, Peters had to make a play. But, I mean, all these guys look like they're understanding the defense, flying around a little bit better, and maybe the move to the booth for Patrick Graham has helped him see the field a little bit better because right now he's calling a really good game. And I think we need to give him a lot of credit and realize that right now the problems with the Raiders are not the defense. The problems with the Raiders are what I said at the top of this segment, 15.8 points per game they're averaging. That's not going to win you a whole lot of games in the NFL. So hats off to Patrick Graham and that defense. Uh, hopefully they continue to grow and get better. And hopefully Josh McDaniels and that offensive side of the ball gets going. They need to get going. They need to average more than 20 points a game. Again, it's great that the uh, Raiders are only allowing 22.8 points, but if you're only scoring 15.8 points a game, not going to win very many. Obviously, that's on the wrong side of things. So uh, that, that needs to be fixed quick, fast, and in a hurry. What's on your mind? Segment number three, your calls and texts is coming up next, 707-654-4693. Before we get to that, though, I do want to tell you about the title sponsor of today's show, which is Jace Medical and the Jace Case. Well, what does the Jace Case provide? Well, it provides you with five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes to get a Jace Case Fill out a simple online form, and in some cases, jump on a quick call with one of their board-certified physicians. Get ongoing care from their physicians on any treatment-related question, doctor-created, doctor-recommended. You never want to be caught unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Jace handles everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. They have a whole lot of good that they do to help you out in situations where, like I said, things could go wrong. Jace Medical is simple. You go online, you fill out a form, then you get a prescription, life-saving medications right to your door. The Jace case gives you peace of mind so that not you're, just, you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Right now, get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using the promo code Locked On at checkout on jacemedical.com. All listeners of the Locked On Raiders podcast right now, jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E medical.com will get $20 off life-saving antibiotics if you use the promo code Locked On. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts draft that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start off with a call from Amani from Carson Cali. He's calling to talk about the Raiders offense and what needs to happen to get things going as it's still on the struggle bus. Here he is, Amani from Carson Cali. Yo, what up, Q? Uh, this is Amani from Carson. This is Carson, California. This is actually my first time calling in. I've been listening to the show now for a while. Um, over the summer, preseason, all that. This is probably the closest I've ever followed the Raiders just due to the heartbreaks that I've endured so much. But I love the Raiders. But um, great game last night, great win. Um, I mean, obviously, it's it's all still a work in progress, especially this offense. Uh, I think they really got to figure that out, you know, because – you know, they got to score. They got to score some points, put some points on the board. Um, one thing I, I, that I think should happen is I think they need to use Tay more. I think, you know, last night was his homecoming 
light game against his old team, you know, and it's like only four targets. And you could kind of tell it kind of rubbed him the wrong way in like his post game. Even though, yes, as he has always said, like, hey, we got the win. I mean, four targets. Come on, my man. So definitely would love to see more, you know, production in that aspect from Tate. And my thing has always been this, like, great wide receivers are always open for the most part. Like, Devontae is always open. Um, People were saying, well, Jair was on him, but Jair didn't follow him the whole game, you know, and I I get that, you know. Um, Jair's a good corner, a great corner, I should say, but he really wasn't guarding him the whole game, you know, and definitely wasn't no man-to-man. So it's just something that, you know, moving forward, they they really got to use Tay a little bit more. Um, and obviously all the other receivers and tight ends, you know, Mayer, Hooper, Renfro, of course, Myers. Um, so I'm just hoping that those players do get more looks because I think that is really going to be the answer to opening up the offense, which in turn will allow, hopefully allow Josh Jacobs to go crazy like last year. So thanks for taking my call, man. First time calling in. Definitely be calling in more. Thank you so much for the call, my man. I appreciate you. I appreciate you being a first-time caller and a long-time listener. That's awesome. And it would be great to see Devontae Adams more involved than he was Monday night. He only got four targets, four catches. You want to see him more involved. But at the same time, you also want to see Jimmy G spread the ball around, right? It's, it's almost like that, that, that fine line of how much is overfeeding Devontae Adams. Is that a possibility to overfeed him? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, he's so good, even when he looks like he's, he's covered, he usually isn't, so you can give him an opportunity, and he's going to go make the catch more times than not. But then you also realize that there's other weapons on the field, like Jacoby Myers, who shined on Monday night, like a Hunter Renfro that hasn't even begun to get involved in the offense, like a Michael Mayer who actually had a couple catches and a one very early on the very first uh, offensive play from scrimmage for the Raiders on Monday night. I mean, there's guys that they have. So, yes, I want Devontae involved as much as possible, other thing about it is I don't know how healthy he is. I don't know how that how much that shoulder hurts. I know he said following the game that it hurt a lot, but he's gonna still he's he's a trooper. He's gonna still try to you know battle it out. But it just it just seems like there's more guys that should get involved. So it's a fine line. It's like a balancing act. And remember last year, Derek Carr seemed like he didn't really know how to use Devontae early on either. And I'm sure when you get a superstar like that, it's different. Right? You don't know if you're supposed to target him 17, 18 times a game, if you're supposed to treat him like a normal wide receiver, or what do you do? So I'm sure that it's a learning curve, especially with Jimmy G missing a game earlier this season because of concussion. That didn't help get on the same page and really understand how to use Devontae to his fullest. But that's a superstar right there. You want him involved, but you also don't want to just always force feed him the ball. You want to get your other weapons involved as well. And oh, by the way, run the ball. Right, I talked about that 15.8 points per game that, that the Raiders are scoring. They need to be able to run the ball better, and they still have not done that. Josh Jacobs only had 69 yards on Monday, and he had a 24-yard run. So you take that out, it'd be like 23 carries or 20 carries, 19 carries, whatever the case may be, on like for 45 yards. It's just not enough. It really isn't. But Imani, thanks so much for that call. I definitely appreciate you. Up next is a text from Wisco Raider. Hey, Q. Been listening since before the draft to Alex Leatherwood. First time texting and still have yet to call in. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. I love your saying. You're guaranteed to miss the shot that you don't take. I've used this with my son too many times to count. I also have realized through the years of listening that you love little nuggets. Well, what? here's a little nugget that I wanted to say prior to Monday's game, but life goes by so quickly, just never got a t- chance to text in. 
The Raiders have not beaten the Green Bay Packers since 87. Can't say that anymore. It was a great belated birthday present. Seeing is my 42nd birthday was on Sunday. So there you go. Wisco Raider, 42nd birthday. Happy birthday. And, yeah, that was a nugget that I remember seeing that the Packers hadn't uh, lost to the Raiders in, like, nine straight games. And it was going back to, you know, before 1990. So, yeah, like you said, 1987. It was great to break that streak. Now, it would have really been a problem if they hadn't, beat them since like 1990 and they played them every year like the Raiders play the Broncos that would have been a big time problem but it is good to kind of you know get that monkey off the back and and beat the Packers and it also was nice for two things the Raiders to win on Monday night football there was a time where they were the best team in the league when it came to Monday night football it was also nice to see them win at home they hadn't won at home enough they were 11 and 15 at home going into Monday night's game so now they've got a 12th victory with an opportunity to get their 13th victory this upcoming Sunday They need to stress and they need to establish winning at home is a real thing. They've got to establish that culture. They haven't done it, and it's something that is maddening. They've just got to get that done. So, Wisco Raider, thanks so much for that text, uh, and congratulations on your birthday, and the Raiders giving you a nice birthday victory as well. Uh, Let's see. Raider Izzy, he's up next. He's calling to ask a question that has to do with the Raiders' offensive line. Here he is, Raider Izzy. What up, Q, Raider Izzy? Quick question for you. Um... Obviously, great win um, needed. Uh, I wouldn't say great win, but a win is a win. I'll take it. Um, I have a, a question. I feel like this topic is an annual question that I ask you. Um, why this keeps coming up, I have no idea, but it seems to be the, the way the Raiders are nowadays. Um, I saw something a while back, and I just kind of thought of it yesterday again, with Dylan Parham. Um, in college, he mainly played right guard. He was very good there. Uh, last year, he played a little bit of right guard played very well. Um, if you look back at his stats at, at right guard, he is like infinitely better at right guard than he is left guard. Why is it that we, and, and, and Van Roten, GVR, I've always been a big fan of his, but man, he, he's not been great, uh, honestly. Really hasn't been that fantastic. Um, why, why is it that we're not utilizing him at right guard at all. Like, I don't get it. I just found the stats here. He gave up two pressures um, at right guard last year. Granted, he didn't play a ton, but in 15 games at left guard, he had 57 um, pressures that he allowed. Like, again, majority of Memphis at right guard didn't play as much left guard. Why Why are we doing this? And he's clearly so much more comfortable at right guard. Um, I, I just don't get it. I don't understand. I, I you know, we, we have the, the people that can fill in at left guard for him and just kind of give us the best line possible. I just don't fully understand that. I was wondering if you knew anything about that, why we continually put players in the, the wrong spot. But, um, yeah, that's one of your thoughts, honestly, bro. But as always, man, love the show. Great win. Go Raiders. Izzy, thanks so much for the call. I appreciate you. And the question is Dylan Parham at left guard as opposed to right guard. It's funny that you ask. Uh, I mentioned it briefly in segment number one when I was going over the pro football focus grades. I think he's going to end up at center. I would not be shocked if he's a center next year uh, for the Raiders, a starting center. I wouldn't be shocked. Many people have said that that's his best position. Andre James seems like he's taking a step back. That left guard position might not be the best for Dylan Parham. But the one thing I know about this Raiders organization, they are comfortable playing him any spot on the interior. They're just that happy with what he's been able to do. So whatever the best position for him is, again, I think the center will probably ultimately be his best position. Uh, We'll see. 
But uh, right now, Dylan Parham looks like a guy that you know is, one, going to be available, and, two, wherever you need him, you could put him, and you're going to get pretty good play. Now, you need to get better play, right? But you're going to get at least pretty good play from one Dylan Parham. But thanks so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Up next, got a text from E.Slick. Hey, Q. First time texted, long time listener. I usually hit you on Twitter at E.Slick just to put a name with the face, but I figured I'd hit you on the text line for this. We have to give a game ball to Malcolm Kuntz. It seems like he's finally starting to click for him, and he's been stepping up in a major way. Even though he didn't get any sacks, he definitely made that pocket uncomfortable multiple times in the Monday night game, and he wasn't on the field. And when he wasn't on the field, it was noticeable. Also, shout out to the coaches for pulling 72. That's at E.Slick on Twitter or E.Slick who hit us up on the text line. And, yeah, Illuminor, man, he's a problem. That's, that's 72 if you didn't know. So Illuminor is a problem. He got hurt. He hurt his knee, I believe, or maybe his ankle, one of the two, and that's why he was, uh, he was pulled originally. Uh, I think Thayer Munford is going to probably be the right tackle of the future when they feel comfortable putting him out there all the time. Uh, this offensive line, I think, needs to be addressed in a major way in the offseason, right? Colton Miller is still steady. He's, I think, taking a slight step back. But that right tackle position needs to be solidified. The center position needs to be solidified. The two guard spots need to be solidified. It's just, it's, it's okay. And sometimes it's good. But it needs to be great, right? It really does. If you have the weapons that the Raiders have, it's a shame that, you know, the quarterback can't get more than a couple seconds and all of a sudden has the happiest of happy feet because he's getting, uh, you know, he's getting hit every few seconds. He's getting drilled. So at some point, you've got to solidify that offensive line. And Malcolm Kuntz mentioned him in segment number one, the grade that Pro Football Focus uh, gave him. Matter of fact, what was it? Let me go back to segment number one. I forgot. Um, oh, I didn't have him on there. No, it was only Spillane, Tyler Hall, Dylan Parham, Divine Diablo, and Max Crosby. Okay, well, never mind. <laughs> Forget the Pro Football Focus grade, but yeah, he he's doing better. He's definitely doing better. You can see him stepping up. So we'll definitely show him some love. And, you know, there was a big void left when Chandler Jones – uh, you know, has dealt with his situation. That was before the season. That was not what the Raiders anticipated. They thought that Chandler Jones was going to be uh, across from Max Crosby. They were going to get the best version of, of Chandler Jones, and then they're going to be able to ease Tyree Wilson into that role. That's obviously not it. So there's been a lot of shuffling along that defensive line, and that's exactly why there's, you know, people uh, talking about the Raiders are calling around the league looking for defensive line help. But thank you for that text again. I definitely appreciate you. Up next, got a call from King Raider and Compton Cali. He's calling to talk about the Raiders' defense, including help from Max Crosby and also the secondary in general. Here he is, King Raider in Compton, California. Hey, what's up, Q? <clears throat> it's your boy, King Raider, out here in Compton, Cali. Happy Victory Tuesday, y'all. They got the dub. My analysis of this game, though, is man, Max Crosby is a beast. <laughs> like, we didn't know that already. But my real analysis is you need some help on the other side, no matter what, man. Malcolm Coos is trying. Terry Wilson, he's not there yet. You need some help on that line. You need some help so they can get more pressure. More pressure, the better. So what he was doing on his own, the one-man wrecking ball, ended up getting three balls up in the air that weren't supposed to be there. And we got the interceptions off of that. So imagine we just got a little bit more pressure. Now, my second topic is Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters played too much soft coverage. And, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how we're going to fix that. I don't know how we're going to fix that secondary this season at this point in time. Maybe that's a subject for next off season, But, yeah, that secondary definitely needs some on that side right there. Let me go out this end. I'm one of those daughters. 
Always have been. I always get pissed off when I see him on the field. And man, what a play. What a play. I gotta give that, I gotta give it to that dude. Man, he did. And that wasn't the only play that, last interception was not the only play he did. He, he had like a couple plays that made me say, man, I, I give some respect to that dude. No, straight up. Um, and our offense is straight garbage. There's no other way to put it. Straight garbage. Jimmy G, I don't know if you don't trust his arm or something. Because Devontae Adams be wide open behind other guys, behind the secondary, and it's like he don't want to throw it down there, so he throws it to Jacoby, and he gets the man hit by three, four, or five defenders. Like, come on now. Um, Hunter Refro be wide open going to the right. He don't throw it at him. Like, I don't know about Jimmy G, man. Dude, where's my car? <laughs> For real. Um it's good to get a dub, but they still got a lot of work to do. But it's a good building block. Go Raiders. It's Raider Nation for life. It's good to get that dub. And just one, baby. Thanks so much for the call, my man. And, yeah, the Raiders need help across from Max Crosby. You know, that's something, a, a recurring theme, a recurring conversation that we're having here on the podcast and on the radio show. Chandler Jones was expected to be that guy. He's not that guy, right? So, Unless they make a move, which I've talked about, they, they're, they're calling around the league looking for help. If they don't make a move, then the pressure's on Tyree Wilson to live up to being that number seven overall pick, even though when they selected him, they didn't select for him to be the full-time starter and him to be an immediate impact right away. They didn't. Malcolm Koontz, as you know, many people have mentioned, like E.Dot Slick, uh, who texted in, uh, got to give him some props, but you, you got to have more. You got to have a guy that can consistently get to the quarterback, and so far they haven't had that. Pressures are good, sacks are better. And Max Crosby right now is averaging one sack a game. Uh, he's got to be able to get some help. He's got to be able to get somebody that can help get the quarterback to the ground. The Raiders as a team have nine total sacks. They need more, especially if they're going to have you know guys in the secondary that are trying to make plays or trying to go for the ball. If they want to get the ball, it's only going to be because that, that pass rush is going to help get there and maybe rush the quarterback a little bit more. But thank you, King Raider, for that. I do appreciate it. Uh, we got time for one more text. We'll take it from Adam in Philly. He says, hey, Q, Adam from Philly here. Solid win for the Raiders on Monday night. The offense made things harder than they needed to, but, man, I'm loving this defense. I don't think Patrick Graham could take any blame for this team's struggles. Back-to-back weeks holding quarterbacks less than 200 yards and holding teams under 25 points. McDaniels needs to figure out this offense. Go Raiders. Thanks, Q. Uh, text from Adam in Philly. And that could have been the text that led right into segment number two. That would have been a perfect text for segment number two when we talked about the strength of the Raiders team, which is the defense. Patrick Graham, I mentioned, he can, I can see him being the scapegoat for the season, but right now he's, he's making the case like, how can you make me the scapegoat? Defense is cooking. It's really the offense's fault. So who's going to be the fall guy if it wouldn't be Patrick Graham? I don't know because you would have to look at the offense and say, okay, uh, who, who's, who's the weak link? They're not scoring. Are you going to blame it on the offensive line? Are you going to blame it on the quarterback play? Are you going to, I mean, it's not going to be the head coach ain't going to blame himself. So it's going to have to be somebody if the season doesn't get turned around. And they got an opportunity. They got an opportunity to stack wins. They picked up one. You can't have a win streak without one win. They picked up one on Monday. Can they get another one on Sunday against the New England Patriots at Allegiant Stadium? So that's all I got time for on today's show. Still got a call from Raider Rich in the 831. We'll get that tomorrow. We'll also get some more text. Plus, we'll have the crossover edition. Right, excited about Mike DeBate, host of Locked On Patriots. He'll join the show, talk all things Patriots and, and Raiders as we prepare for week six action. Patriots, Raiders, Allegiant Stadium coming up on Sunday. Until then, Raider Nation, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.